You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Thinking sideways. I don't understand. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Well, hey there, and thanks for joining us again. This is Thinking Sideways, the podcast, and I am Steve. As always, joined by Joe. Hello. And Devin. Hey. Who I like to introduce. Uh, <laughs> Instead of yeah. letting us do it for ourselves. No, no, I don't. Uh, I don't can't always remember my own name, so it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. i got to micromanage this stuff. It's you good. Know? You know what? We need a micromanager. Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, today uh, we're going to get into a story that I've, uh, I've been really looking forward to, to sharing with everybody. As the, you two know, but our listeners probably don't, recently I was in England. For and, just such a long time. Well, yeah, it was it's such an extended amount of time. But uh, when I was there, I, uh, of course, was touring around London, and I got the chance to go to the Tower of London mm. and was reminded of a story that I'd heard of but had never really thought much of until I actually got to the, see the site where a bunch of the action happened. Mm. By the way, just as an aside, I was the first time I saw the Tower of London myself. I mm-hmm. was kind of surprised because I was expecting an actual tower. <laughs> it's, it's it's like a fortress, you know. It, it's it, a it's, castle. Yeah, it's very cool. But where's the tower? Uh, there's several of them. Yeah, I, they're they're short towers. They're short, squat towers. They don't really look like towers. I just remember how giant the ravens are. The ravens? Oh yes, they are disturbingly big birds. Giant there. Well, they're hand fed basically. So. Yeah. What they're... is it? Seven of them? There has to be seven. Yeah. On the grounds at all times, or the monarchy falls. Is that what the legend is? Oh really? Yeah. They... I did not know about this this particular story. Yes, I, I, I seven might not be re- the right number, but I know that there maybe it's nine. But they have to have them on the grounds, and so. And they're... They're big. They're monsters. I mean, like, ravens you see out kind of like when you are hiking around mm-hmm. here. Not crows, but ravens are not as big as these things. And maybe it's because I was a kid when I saw them, but, like, I remember them being giant. Yes. Yeah. Well, they are European ravens. Oh, of course. Oh, yes. well, that's, that's what it is. Versus <laughs> How Af- silly of me, of Versus course. African raisin, <laughs> ra- ravens. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, we're going down a path. Yes, yeah, we're yeah. not going down the path. <laughs> no, uh, not. So, anyway, uh, the story that we're going to talk about is the princes in the tower. This is a story about two young princes mm. that were in the Tower of London. Thus, the name. Creative idea. I know, really. Uh, So our story takes place in 1483. And at that time, the people that we're going to be talking about are aristocracy. So they have really fancy titles to go with everybody's names. And they're all the same names. And they're all the same names, which makes it a little rough to keep straight and tell. So I'm going to preface this episode right now with saying... I'm going to use everybody's more commonly known names. In other words, the first uh, king that we're going to talk about is Edward IV. So I'm going to refer to him as Edward IV, mm. not his full title. 
just for simplicity's reasons. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah. even I'm going to be confused. And I, I, I could never keep track of all that stuff to, to this day. And I sure, I'm sure I could have found out, like, say, why why Prince what's his name is called the Prince of Wales. You mm-hmm. know? I mean, uh, you know, he's the Prince of Wales. I'm sorry, but Wales is like another country over there. You know, what? You're the Prince of Wales. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, there you go. Some of that stuff is just kind of hard to figure it's, out. It's, I'll, I'll explain it to you later, Joe. Oh, okay, really? Just not now. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the story itself, okay. which is on April 9th, 1483, King Edward IV, the King of England, dies unexpectedly. Sick for a couple of weeks and then just up and dies. Mm. Um, it happened a lot in those days. It did happen a lot in those days. Especially was when it? you were the king and somebody wanted your throne. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did leave heirs. He had two sons. They he were had, legitimate sons too, right? They were by his wife. They were by his wife. Yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. they they were not you know from a mistress. Mm-hmm. They were from the woman he was married to. Although you know that that question did sort of pop up, but you're going to talk about that. Yeah, right we're now. gonna we're yeah. gonna get there. Yeah. Um, okay. So we have Prince Edward, who is referred to as Edward V, and then he, and he was 13 when this happened. Okay. So he's a boy king, mm-hmm. and then there is his little brother Richard, who is. Because he doesn't have an official number title, we're going to just refer to him as Richard, the Duke of York. He's nine. Can we call him Richie? No. You can call him Richie. Great. All right. So we cool. I mean, you're nine years old and you get to be a Duke. <laughs> you're a Duke. I think he was you're... Duke from the day he was born. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah that's yeah. the way it works. Uh, well, what happens, of course, is their father dies and their uncle whose name is Richard III. Yep, it's already getting confusing. Yeah. He is declared the Lord Protector of the boys by the king before he dies. Mm-hmm. Now, this isn't recorded officially anywhere, but everybody presumes that that's what happens mm-hmm. because he takes him and he goes to take the boy back to London to reside in the Tower of London because yeah. the Tower of London is traditionally where the king would stay until the coronation. Mm-hmm. His coronation, the coronation of our young king, Edward V, mm-hmm. was originally supposed to take place on the 4th of May, 1483. Then it was pushed back to June 25th of that year. Before the coronation could pl- take place, their uncle Richard III began to cast doubts on the validity of the marriage between the deceased king and his wife. Wait, okay, sorry. Elizabeth Woodville. And was she alive at the time? She was alive. Okay. Yeah. She had she was still alive. Mm-hmm. She had several daughters at the same as well. They mm-hmm. they had I think a total of nine children. Oh my god. Not all of whom survived. Yeah. Childhood. Oh, yeah. But that's why you buy in bulk. That's yeah. what you did back <laughs> in, in those day. days. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Nine kids. <clears throat> I believe it was nine children. Oh. Yes. Evidently, the church got behind this idea that the marriage was invalid. And this was actually uh, brought to the front, uh, let's see here, it was the 22nd of June, 1483. Mm-hmm. So like six days before the coronation. Three days before the oh, coronation. Gosh. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the a preacher at St. Paul's Cross claimed that Richard had... Uh, was the only Richard the Third mm-hmm. was the only legitimate heir to the crown mm-hmm. because they were saying that his brother Edward the Fourth had initially been engaged to another woman and then married the 
mother of these two young princes. That's the weirdest thing I ever heard in mm-hmm. my entire life. It's it's very weird. I think it's something to do with I don't know if it's contractual is the way that is the right word for it, but I don't know exactly how they treated engagement back in those days. Yeah, but... basically mm-hmm. it claimed that because he was engaged to someone else, he couldn't get married to her the way he did. Surprising nobody noticed until this particular moment. In yeah, time. right. Well, yeah, and <laughs> there's, know, there's mean, some uh... doubts as to whether or not he was actually engaged to the woman that they said he was engaged to. Which what, is... Was she uh, like a queen or a princess of a different place, or was she... Uh, no, she was... She was ro- like a... She was English royalty. Oh, but yeah, it was it was really really weird. So what happens is this this sermon happens, and then on the twenty fifth of June, which at this point I believe the coronation has already been shoved back mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. though there's no official date for it to happen now. Uh, a group of and I quote lords, knights, and gentlemen petitioned Richard to take the throne. Everybody's changing their allegiance from the current king who has mm-hmm. not yet been crowned. And who's now 13 years old. Who's 13 years old. Uh-huh. And they're throwing their weight and their beliefs over to Richard III. Who's uh, an adult. Yeah. Who's an adult. And these guys uh, probably just saw which way the wind was blowing. I mean, when they heard the news about the... the declaration about the marriage they knew what was happening Mm -hmm. these people were not stupid and it's hard to say in in the history it's hard to get a clear sense of who first started casting these doubts about edward Mm -hmm. the fourth and his wife Mm -hmm. we don't know if it was richard the third if it was somebody else how this whole thing happened we're not exactly positive it's kind of lost in the sands of time yada yada yada. yeah but basically obviously enough richard takes the throne and he is now the king. The issue at the church with the validity of Edward IV's marriage actually gets passed into an act by British Parliament the next year. Uh, it's called Titulus Regis, I believe is how you say it, the Titulus Regis Act, and that stated that their marriage, King Edward IV and Elizabeth Woodville, it was invalid. So mm. therefore, those boys could absolutely not be king, and none of their children were... Had any kind of right. Had any claim to the throne at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... So these little guys are uh, kind of left out in the cold. Yeah. Yeah, so... but they're still family, right? So you can kind of assume, even if, you know, the uncle's like, well, uh, they've got a mother who's alive, and it's, you know, the 1400s. They're separated from their mother. Their mother had initially gone into hiding, uh, when her husband died, mm. and then the boys didn't come to the tower at the same time. The young king came first, and then later his brother came mm. and joined him. Uh, and I believe they that, found him. After I wonder. That they were misplaced. Well, mm. basically, what happens? Joe's kind of hitting it. Is that the two princes were seen on the grounds of the Tower of London in the spring of 1483, and then. A According to some writings, they just up and disappeared, and some others, they were seen less and less and were moved into the rear apartments of the castle. And then they were gone, Mm. and they were never seen again alive. I wonder if maybe the mother kind of knew what was up, right? I mean, why does a woman go into hiding when her 
husband mm-hmm. is, yeah. is dies from totally legitimate causes, ostensibly, right? Mm-hmm. With two sons who have totally legitimate, again, ostensibly, claims to the throne. And it is, I've read some accounts of what she could have been thinking because the thing is, she does eventually sort of gives him allegiance to Richard the Third, mm-hmm. and then later on she then shifts her allegiance to the next king which is Henry the Seventh. Mm-hmm. so I think that to steal the words out of Joe's mouth she saw the writing on the wall she knew it was yeah. she knew that the only way her family mm-hmm. was going to survive was to play ball yeah because she had more more oh, right, uh, the daughter. more children yes. yet still yes, to murder her daughters and also you know I mean it, it, it who knows maybe he was holding the kids still and she was being blackmailed Although more likely the kids were already dead. And or maybe she, just, she uh, thought. You know, yeah. decided now I'll just protect what's left of my family. Yeah. Or maybe she thought they were still alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's jump forward. Yeah, sorry. About 200 we're, years. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. We're, we're, 200 years? Yes, 200 oh years. Whoa, what? We're going to get the time machine. Okay, 200 years have gone by. Mm-hmm. It is 1674. We are still on the grounds at the Tower of London. And we are at the White Tower which is one of several towers on the grounds. And there's some workmen digging under the stairs in the tower, and they come across a wooden box. And now I imagine these guys, hey, there's a big wooden box buried under the stairs. It's probably it's full gold. of gold. It's got to yeah. be gold. Yeah. yeah. They no, crack it open, not gold. Yeah. It's got the skeletons of two children in it. Can I can I interject something yeah, here? Have yeah. you noticed that it's always workmen who find the skeletons? <laughs> yeah. I, that's why I don't want to be a workman. I know, no, seriously. I haven't grizzly. found one yet, and I'm really happy about it. Uh, but no, they they find this box, and this the the remains that were in this box are widely believed to be the remains of these two princes who went missing at ages thirteen and nine. Uh, again, I've, I've seen accounts that say that there was velvet wrapped around them in the box, which would lead credence to the theory that, yeah, they probably were royalty because mm-hmm. common people mm-hmm. didn't have velvet. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Very expensive fabric. Crazy expensive mm-hmm. at that point in time. Yes. It's still expensive now and we can like mass produce it you know super I, easily. Yeah, you know what I paid for my velvet jumpsuit? <laughs> oh my God. I don't want to know how much you paid for <laughs> All that. All right. Thing. So back to the story. Oh yeah. I'll show it to you here. later. Okay. <clears throat> the remains that they found were later on I would say within a month or so, were placed in an urn and were interred in Westminster Abbey by King Charles II. Mm. But there was some analysis done of the bones. Okay. This was done in 1933. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but the royalty actually agreed to open up the urn and let somebody examine it. So the burn, the they didn't burn the bones. It was no. ashes. It was actual bones. It's just bones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's weird to me whenever I think, and I know this is confusing to some people. I think of an urn, and I think of a little urn that's got ashes yeah, in it. It can be a big, uh, yeah, big old urn too. Yeah, there's big urns yeah. too. So that's something to clarify. Okay. Uh, no, I'm not sure why they would choose an urn to put bones in. I'm guessing they piled them up. What about Tupperware? I no. don't think they had Tupperware. Oh. Savages. Yes. So <laughs> the analysis was done <laughs> on the bones. Yeah. And the guy who did it, again, history has gone back and people have really chewed up his analysis of it. Mm-hmm. But he said, yeah, they could both be boys, uh, but I can't tell that for sure. I'm pretty sure one of them's about 12 or 13, and I think the other one's around 10. Mm. Mm, yeah. They were then sealed back up, and no one has ever been allowed to get at them again. 
you think with modern technology, we could just with some know, DNA, DNA. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we totally could. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I gotta say in a way, I kind of agree with, uh, the, the royalty in this situation because there's been a lot of coverage of it mm-hmm. here and there. And there's a, a, footnote on this story that explains why it became so popular again but they said you know okay well you could do all this work and you could go ahead and check it out and you could figure out if they are indeed the bones of those princes and well two things are gonna need to be figured out then one if they're not what are we supposed to do with the bones where do we put them mm-hmm. uh, and them two the, throw them in the landfill and mm-hmm. two it doesn't solve the mystery no we still don't know who or why who killed them and specifically why that happened. So it does nothing to solve the mystery. So I can kind of understand, you know, for out of respect reasons. Yeah. And I, I would assume that they just kind of have come to terms with it at this point. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can kind of see how maybe in the thirties, you know, it's been a couple hundred years, maybe somebody in the Royal family deeply connected with this story for whatever reason. So they were very interested and very, curious to know if you know this was a valid claim and and you know i think since then maybe it's just family has decided well it that's just it yeah you don't don't shake it up you don't shake up the bee the beehive you just let it go that and the other thing too is that the royals i mean they've got all kinds of people buried in places like westminster westminster abbey and uh you know it's kind of questionable it may be Maybe not everybody buried in there was part of the royal family. I mean, yeah, and that's all kinds something of, that was you know, brought up as well. A can of worms. Now uh, we're going to have yeah. to do everybody? Oh, another, another can of worms. If you uh, exhumed all of their corpses and did a lot of you know, extensive DNA testing on all of them, you might find a lot of them were like, like not actually the children of the kings everybody thought they were the children of, and yes. all kinds mm-hmm. of things like yes. that. It would yeah. open up, like I said, a big can of worms. Yeah, it's just not a good thing. Because, mm-hmm. so. like, you know, for example, you know, imagine that there was a, actually a break in the lineage somewhere like a couple of hundred years ago. And our present royal family doesn't actually have any legitimate claim to royalty anyway. I mean, that's entirely possible. And that would be yeah. a giant scandal. Yeah. And a big, because, big I mean, issue. Well, and think about it. Think about what that would do to the, the housewives of America. Who are they going to obsess over? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, oh, geez. It's a big problem. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. So now we're going to go ahead and we're going to get into the theory section of everything. And I'm going to kind of break this up into two subsections, believe it or not, of theories. They were murdered or they weren't. Okay. So we're going to start with they were murdered. Okay. So who could have done it? Who could have killed them? Colonel Mustard in the library with a candlestick. Exactly. All right. So our first and most obvious culprit 
is Richard the Third. I don't like that one. Okay, well, but and and you, well, you might like some of the stuff that's in this theory then, because okay. there's holes in this theory. I think there are big problems. Yeah. But what do you got? Well, it just seems like he had a pretty solid grip. I mean, it's not like there were a bunch of people running around saying, "No, you don't have a legitimate claim." You know, the church was behind him. Most of the powerful people in England were behind him. Parliament later passed a thing that said, yeah, no, these boys don't have any claim. Their mother was on the run, which was a great argument for why they wouldn't have been legitimate sons. Mm -hmm. The thing to remember, though, is that if you have royalty that potentially could somehow revalidate their claim to the throne, that's a threat. Yeah, but they're 13. It is. But they're not always going to be 13. That's true, but... If they if they disappear too, that's kind of like um, that's kind of like an implicit acknowledgement on your part if you're Richard the Third mm-hmm. that they are the the legitimate heirs. If you, yeah. If you felt that that their claim was so strong that you needed to kill them. Well, and the thing is, is that there were all these rumors about the boys having been killed, and he never responded to any of those, and he also never opened an investigation as to. Where were the boys? Well, yeah. that's kind of funny. You'd, you'd think somebody would be asking those questions. I mean, they sort of go away and... Uh, and... Well, it, it was everybody... It was it was rumor. Everybody's like, we haven't seen the princes. Well, they must have been killed. On and on and on. So mm-hmm. it's hard to say. But here's, here's the problem with saying, well, Richard must be the one who's responsible for this. Yeah. In history... It's always written by the people who win the wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And Richard was only on the throne for, I believe, th- two, two or I three two years. years. Yeah. yeah, he died in August of 18, or 1485. So mm. he wasn't there very long. And this is the time when we're going. they're going through the War of the Roses, mm-hmm. which is a giant battle between two sides of the family. They got really down and dirty. Yeah. The his Richard the Third side of the family lost out, and history was written over them. There's things about Richard that aren't exactly true that are just accepted commonly as having to be the truth. Such well, as kind of like a lot of the a lot of the propaganda that you're fed today, you know, in the media. <laughs> I mean, right? There's so much untruth out there. And the thing is, is that one of the things that you hear is that he had a, a humped left or right shoulder. In other words, he was physically deformed. Mm. And there are paintings of him where he's got a humped shoulder. Uh, They've actually done x-ray analysis of those paintings, and they were altered (laughs) at some point after Mm. the fact to match that description. Although when they actually discovered his corpse, or his bones, not his corpse, as I'm sure you're aware, and you're going to tell our listeners, they Mm -hmm. discovered his corpse recently. Excuse me, his bones again. Underneath the car park. Uh, he and, did have ba- his back. And he was... had severe scoliosis. So the, so it's quite possible that his, that his portraiture that was done while he was king, uh, it was like tactfully, re- he was tactfully readjusted to, to look normal. Yeah. 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 And then somebody went back and said, ah, oh, we'll really make this look like. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. very, very likely a possibility. Uh, the other thing is that Richard lost the battle and was killed. It's the Battle of Bosworth Field is where he's killed. And Henry VII takes over. Uh, He was on the Tudor side of the family. So again, this opposite side that didn't like his side. And Henry VII, over the course of his reign, systematically went through and wiped out the majority of the people that were on, uh, I believe it's uh, the York side of the lineage. 
we don't know how much of the information that's out there that says that Richard III is guilty and the one who ordered it is true because it could be propaganda. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I, you know, and again, I say that like they're, they're 13 and nine and I think, I don't know a 13 year old that like, you know, their father died of natural causes. Everybody says you don't have a legitimate thing. You just like take them in and you treat them really well and give them a lot of land the chances, you know, treat him like your own son. The chances of him coming back and saying, no, I am the rightful king. I just don't feel like they're that big. And maybe, maybe they are. Maybe they were. Maybe he was I showing think... that. But then you kill both of them. Why? Because well, if you kill the elder, the younger becomes Yeah, the yeah you're right. And nine-year-olds are really, really good at holding grudges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I think that um, especially, you know, it, you got to look at the royal, the royals of Europe, the royal families. They were basically crime families. Yeah, they were, they were like Mobs. you know, yeah, they were like the Corleones. They uh, and so the backstabbing, you know, the was, infighting, the infighting was intense yeah. and deadly and continual and deadly. So the idea that Richard could have taken them in, treated them like like just treated them just wonderfully, like his own, like his own kids, and they would never come back and stab him in the back and try to take the throne away. Of course they would. Yeah, I mean, they're royalty. Fair. That's yeah. that is yeah. the way it's done. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Way business is practice. It's fair. Sorry. So the next up on the list is a fellow by the name of James Tyrrell, I believe is how you, if you pronounce his name. Yeah. He was a loyal knight to the House of York. He served uh, under Richard III. Evidently, he was quite loyal to Richard, mm -hmm. though eventually he did leave England and went to France. And when he came back, he was leading a revolt against the monarchy. He came back in 1501. Which so it was the Tudors at that point. It was the Tudors at that point, so we've got Henry VII is on the, mm -hmm. the crown, and his uh, rebellion doesn't go so well, and he's captured. Mm. And Never a good idea back in those days. And yeah. in his uh, interrogation, which oh. is actually oh. torture. What we call yeah. it. It's enhanced interrogation. Oh, man. Yeah. No, it's more than that, though. In those uh, days, like, oh, what yeah. we do these days, like, whatever, we do some really horrible stuff, but what they did, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. the worst. Yeah, I've got to say, if I had to choose between that and waterboard, I mean, I'm not going to whine. I ain't going to whine about waterboarding. No. Yeah. You know? that's, well, a, that's a pretty civilized torture. <laughs> <laughs> well, during his, uh, his interrogation, he supposedly confessed to killing the princess. I would have, too. If somebody were doing that to me right now, I would be like, yeah, I killed them. Yeah, that's right. 500 that was, years that ago. That was 500 years ago. I, I killed, don't care. I, I killed, killed Jesus. them. I killed Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll confess to anything. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, and that's the problem. And, you know, the, the thing is, is that we know that information gotten out of torture is not reliable. No. And the other issue with it is that uh, there's only one writing or one recording of this confession, and it was written... 30 years afterwards. Well, it was uh, a fellow by the name of Thomas Moore mm -hmm. wrote this and said that this is what came out of it. But he's the only one to ever write it. So we don't, again, have a whole lot of support uh, to say how true it is. Mm -hmm. it they, is they, there weren't official transcripts of the interrogation? No. They didn't record it? No, they didn't oh, have voice no. recorders at that me? time. Well, oh. they didn't use their smartphones? Come no, on, man. I know, I know. Uh, uh, it is, however, from the writing of that confession, at least from what I can gather, when you hear the story told and you hear the murder of the princess told, 
it tends to go that they were smothered with a pillow in their sleep. So somebody, mm. three men went into their room and smothered them. Takes three of them. Mm. They're 13 and nine. <laughs> three grown men. Better. I mean, you know, it's better well, safe than sorry. That's pretty wussy. I got to here, he said that he and two other men were the ones who did it upon the orders of Richard the then the king, Richard III. Yeah. Mm. Now, and did he give a time frame for that? Uh, no. You know, was it before Richard? Was... We, no, well, it was, it was, it was in uh, 1483. Okay. It was that first year, that first summer that they mm-hmm. were in London. Okay. Uh, the, unfortunately, he also couldn't say where the boys were buried. Mm. Which is an issue. He said somebody else just took care of the bodies mm. was his way of saying, of getting out of having that piece of information. And that's actually legitimate. I mean, in a sense, although I, you know, I, I'm not so sure that the bones found in the tower are the, the princes because it would actually make a lot more sense to get rid of the bodies and, and transport them far away. Or burn them or something. Or, something or like, bury them under a set of stairs so nobody finds them for 200 years. Yeah, but obviously they were found, whereas, whereas if you took but them it, out... But by the time they were found, it was it didn't affect anybody who was alive at that were they point. Found, oh, I'm sorry, were they found like just like chilling under the stairs or were they encased in like rock or like they were what? buried in the dirt and they were in a box mm-hmm. they were in a box yeah. in the dirt yeah. under the stairs under well the stairs. i gotta say though if they you know the under tower is right toad. next to the thames if they had just taken them out and pitched them into the river and they you know they would have been that would have been but that's nobody would bat an eye in those days at a corpse floating down the thames true but people would see you leaving with the corpses of children which were uh-huh. not things that usually left the tower grounds mm-hmm. so there there's an issue with that i well, know where you're headed with it and i i like it and it makes sense it's simpler but i can also think we don't want any witnesses mm-hmm. at all because people just never stop talking about things they see absolutely and we just don't want this talked about especially in england but I mean, yeah, but the whole thing about it is, I'm not, I'm not saying you just walk out with a corpse slung over your shoulder. You stuff them in a barrel or something like that first, you know, and then you put them on a bring out your dead. Yeah, you put them, I stuff them in a barrel and put them on a hand truck, you know, and just wheel them out to the front gate and says, "I'm going to take back this empty and get us a full one." Yeah, and then you know, nobody, nobody's going to bat an eye at that. True, true. It's, it's yeah, no, that that is a possibility, but it doesn't seem to be the way it happened. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to our next suspect, mm-hmm. which is a guy by the name of Henry Stafford. Stafford at the time, this is again 1483, was another very popular supporter of Richard III. He then very quickly changed allegiances and is said to have tried to mount a rescue for the princes. And upon discovering that they were already dead through some means, I don't know what that is, switched his allegiance then over to Henry Tudor, Henry VII, Mm. and he was quite quickly captured and executed Mm -hmm. Mm. in 1483. Uh So So now he is considered a possibility for the murderer? Yes, because it's it's possible that he went ahead and he's the one who actually killed the boys to weaken Richard III's stance because, oh, look at this guy. We want this guy as king. He killed children. Mm-hmm. Oh, Again, yeah. to undermine his reputation. Okay. But the, for me, the timeline on this doesn't work because he was executed for treason on November 2nd of 1483. So that... Mm-hmm. 
even if he did supposedly try to mount this rescue, that would mean the boys had to have been dead months prior to that. So basically, June, mm-hmm. they had to have been killed right around the time that Richard said, I'll take the throne. Well, pretty much so, when they arrived well, so at now, the Tower of London. So now, if, if, if this guy was the, the killer... Henry Stafford? Henry Stafford. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if this guy, Henry Stafford, was the killer... Then and he mounts this raid. Uh, so obviously, then he killed them months before. He stashed the bodies somewhere. So he wanted to like mount this raid, go in, find the bodies of the children, you know, put on a theatrical show of shock and dismay and everything like that, right? And then that will discredit Richard the Third and strengthen his side. Is that the, is that the idea behind this theory? No, the theory is that he was going to mount a rescue and rescue the princes to restore them to the throne. Yeah. So, but when they he found out that they were dead, he turned around and supported Tudor. Mm-hmm. No, but the theory of him killing. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. You're the right. Theory of him that, killing. That is one way that that theory is gone. Is that he went in and had them killed to then mount this supposed rescue and discover and then them discover already dead. their corpses. But yes. yeah, there is one big flaw with the logic of that theory. Which is how like, do you know they're under the stairs? Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, do, how, do, how exactly do you know where to look for their little corpses? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Th- there is a gigantic issue there. Yeah. So so next up on the lineup and I admit this is a very tenuous tenuous theory. Is it Shakespeare? No. Oh. No. Shakespeare is actually the reason that uh, Richard the 3rd kind of is also revered as a villain, but yeah. Yeah. He, that he is not considered yeah. one yeah. of the uh, people who could have killed the princess. Oh. So, no, mm. I'm afraid not. No, this one is uh, Margaret Beaufort. She is the mother of the future King Henry the Seventh. King Henry the Tudor. Yes, people say that it is possible that she, from afar, orchestrated and ordered their deaths in order to help solidify her son's claim to the throne. Mm-hmm. Huh. That makes now, sense. It I'm... makes sense, except that if you think about, if you see the way that. How far away from the throne Henry was at that time, it really seems like a serious stretch to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. He took the throne like a couple years later, right? So his claim couldn't have been that weak. Was it? He didn't have the strongest claim in the world. And really, by having killed the king and asserted himself as king and mm-hmm. taken power, is sort of how he went ahead and validated well, himself. Well, I guess well, that's that's kind of like par for the that's course. Kind of, yeah, it's day. he who holds the crown yeah. wins. So I guess you know if we're gonna look at this in terms of you know it's one thing to like go into like actual battle with a king. Mm-hmm. That is a grown man. It's another thing to like murder two children. So if you're gonna say, okay, what's the best way to get this person off of the throne and reassert our family's claim mm-hmm. to the throne? Well, you vilify the current king. Yes. And at the same time, two birds, one stone, get rid of the actual legitimate claim to the throne of these sons. Yeah. So you murder the sons and frame it like it was Richard well, you know, the except- third, and then you know, so there will be a certain public, there will be a certain, like, voice in the back of people's head thinking, like, well, they disappeared, mm. maybe he killed them, and He pro- he's the kind of guy who would have killed them. Devin, that's and exactly then... why she's on the list. Yeah. I just personally find it 
to have too many convenient leaps. And well, you know what? It's... it's weird that I like this one more than I like Richard III. Yeah, that's cool. You've just got that. a soft spot in your heart for Richard. That's all. It's, I think it's yeah. because I, I, I would have probably done what Margaret did. Ah, okay. She could have been part of a, an overarching conspiracy to bring Henry VII to the throne. Um, mm-hmm. but, so the question is, is like, let's say she had a hand in it. So it could, it could go a couple of different ways. Her, her agents could murder the, the princes and then dispose of the bodies. So they, they effectively had disappeared. And so at that point, doesn't Richard mount like a little search, a little search and rescue inside the tower to find the kids and find out where the hell they, they went to? Doesn't he like start interrogating and, and, and torturing all the various people who would have had access to them? You would think, but if he cared, if he was worried about that, but we Maybe. never heard of that happening. Well, you know, but seriously, you know, he's uh, he's he, he may not he might not be sad and sorry that the kids are gone, but he recognizes that their death presents a serious problem. And he's got to find the mole, or their disappearance, so or their disappearance creates a serious issue. Yeah. I wonder if he just assumed that like their mother came and got them, or picked him up like for, from school. To, well, uh, yeah. yeah, had a note. I mean, obviously not that right, but yeah. that somebody helped. I don't know. You would think that somebody would have uh, somebody would have noticed, and somebody would have you know, so. So, so again, if um, say they were murdered and their little corpses were found there, then Richard could, like, I, I guess that, that's in a, in a sense you're kind of putting a turd in his pocket, because you got and you murdered the kids, left their bodies there, and now Richard, Richard and his agents look at that and say, well, everybody's going to be looking at us. I, I guess we should like sweep this under the rug. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. It's, I mean, people didn't tend to come out and cry wolf. Mm. Well, you didn't air that laundry. So let me just, you know, play devil's advocate here, right? So, okay, Richard does mount a ver- like a secret search, right? Because he's not going to be like, ah, oh, we lost the princes. Oh, no. Because that's a bad idea for mm-hmm. publicity. Mm-hmm. So he mounts a search. He finds out they've been murdered. And he says, there's literally no way I can spin this so that people believe it wasn't me. Yeah, probably. So mm-hmm. let's just ignore it. And Let's just yeah, yeah. sweep it out of the road. You know, I think yeah. that's the that's the way that you kind of have to do it sometimes. Yeah. yeah, and that brings us to our final potential culprit. Yeah, the man himself, Henry the Seventh. Oh. Yeah. So people say that it is possible that Henry the Seventh had the boys killed from afar. Much this runs in the same vein as the mm-hmm. theory that his mother did mm-hmm. it because he was in exile in France. He was time, in exile right? in yeah. France at the time. Or there are theories that when he took the the throne, mm-hmm. so this is 1485, this is two years after the boys went to the Tower of London, that it is possible that the boys were still alive, but secreted away in the tower, and he had them killed because he didn't want them to have the legitimate claim. And the reason that the theory states that maybe they were still alive is that in July of 1485, there was a regulation issued by Richard III's household that stated the children should be together at one breakfast. doesn't say what children. It Mm. doesn't make any reference to where or who, but people have construed that to say possibly... The boys were still alive and just secreted away. Mm, could be that. Could mean anything else, too. Yeah. I mean, there were children. I mean, because there were children living in the tower, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, people all, live there. People live there. They had families. They had children. Yeah, and but the, maybe all he was saying was that the children should all be at the children's table and not pestering the adults. <laughs> you know, at, at the big table. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe or that's maybe, what he was saying. Maybe he had them alive for a couple years to kind of suss out if, you know, Edward was going to be like, I, yeah, I'm 13. I know I'm 13, but I'm the king. So let's get this going. Again, because there's different temperaments. Yeah, there definitely is a tradition of these kids coming back and like murdering mm. everybody else. But, you know, maybe he keeps them alive for a couple of years and then decides, no, they actually are a legitimate threat. Let's kill them. Mm. Maybe, I don't know, what did, what did Edward die of? Edward the Fourth. Yeah, what I did think he, he die of? Didn't he die of like uh, like a, acute acute lead poisoning or something? I like don't that? know. No, you I mean, know, he was sick uh, for three weeks, and I could never yeah. find it, that a, it wasn't like a sickness. He was sick. I mean, that, yeah, he know, was ill, but I could never find exactly what he died. It could have been. Easily. It could have been poisoning. I mean, <laughs> you know, that that kind of stuff happened all the time back in those days. I guess that question leads to I don't know if you have this theory of um, you know maybe they just had what he had. Well, and died naturally. And th- we do have something to go along okay. with that. So we'll get to that. Okay. I do have one little footnote here for Henry VII. Sure. Which is kind of funny is that, do you remember that act that I talked about that was passed by Parliament that said the boys were not legitimate? Yeah. yeah I guess the marriage uh, was not legitimate. Titleist Regis? I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Well, yeah. Henry VII repealed that huh. when he took the throne. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, some people say that he did that because he didn't agree with what uh, Richard had done. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the fact that he was courting and was going to potentially marry uh, one of their sisters, hmm. one of the the young prince's sisters, mm-hmm. to bring the houses together. And, and indeed, he did eventually marry somebody from the York side of the family and sure. he ended the War of the Roses yeah. via blood. And right. obviously, yeah, if you want that kid to have that, that, that super lineage, then you have to reestablish the legitimacy of Yes, the and that's right. he yeah. he did it so that they were legitimate again, mm-hmm. so then when he married her, there was none of these issues again. But So that, that brings us to the end of they were murdered. So if the princes weren't killed, then what happened to them? Right. Uh, okay, well, well... They were misplaced. They were misplaced, <laughs> and they still haven't found them. I mean, <laughs> They're the, the longest game of hide-and-seek ever. I know. I mean, that happens uh, to me all the time. You know how many times a day I lose just my glasses? Yes. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, here we go. So it's known that the young king, Edward V, was suffering from an illness, which is where you were headed just mm-hmm. a minute ago, Devin. I don't know what that illness is. I couldn't find detail of what it is. So it's quite possible that he died either from his illness or from whatever from whatever treatment he was getting oh, yeah. for that illness. Yeah, because, the treatments were pretty bad. Yeah, though. back in those days, yeah. I was like, oh, let's put some slugs on them. And some yeah. Have some yeah. slugs and let's some lead, some blood, and we'll yeah, see yeah. what happens. Yeah, let's drill a hole in their head, yeah. So we don't know if that's, you know, that could be how he died. Yeah, and those, you know, those diseases especially are fairly communicable. Mm-hmm. So if he had, like, the plague... For instance, he probably didn't because everyone would have the plague. Yeah, no. But if yeah. he had, you know, the plague, his little brother definitely would have gotten it from him, right? And they right. would have just both so, died. Yeah, and... but we know that he was ill. So that leaves us with his brother, Richard, the Duke of York. Yeah. Now, I know all of our listeners are screaming, but Steve, what about the theories where he survives? There aren't any. I haven't come across any solid theories that say that the young king 
could have possibly survived and escaped the Tower of London. Now you're talking. Yeah. At, you still are talking Edward V, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes, the Boy yeah. King. Yeah. Well, you know, if and if obviously Boy King, if you're listening to us, uh, call us <laughs> in. Call Five hundred years later. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there are theories that young Richard escaped on his own mm. or with help. We don't know, and that he fled the country. Uh-huh. This was something that actually plagued Henry VII because in 1487, a man by the name of Lambert, Lambert Simnel claimed to be Richard. Hmm. came forward and was claiming to be the the young boy, the now would be the legitimate boy king. Yeah. Uh, he then eventually changed his story to say that, no, he wasn't uh, the, the young king. He was just another royal named Edward Plagenet. Hmm. Plantagenet. Plantagenet. Yeah. Edward Plantagenet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. what, what back in those days was the uh, the penalty for impersonating royalty? Uh, it was usually pretty bad. Yeah, I was thinking like, you know, hung, drawn, and quartered. Usually yeah. death, yeah. but yeah. he was very, very young when this happened, when he made these claims. Was uh, he of appropriate age? Uh, he was very close to it, yes. Okay. So he, it was possible that, that it could have been made. him. Uh-huh. Uh, well, Henry, they obviously arrested him. Mm-hmm. Henry, I, I, it sounds like, took pity on him and pardoned him because hmm. he was pardoned right. and he was allowed to work in the royal kitchens until he died 40 or 50 years later. Interesting. So he worked for the royal family for the rest of his life. Huh. huh. Well, that was, that was very nice of Henry. Unusual, but yes. Mm, I'm not, you know, yeah, for I, for a guy like Henry, that seems really kind. Yes. Seems, yeah, I'm not sure if I was Henry, if I'd want to have that guy preparing my food. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, who knows exactly what the circumstances were. But not too long after that, 1491, so now we're jumping ahead another four years, we have another person coming forward and claiming to be Richard. And this was a man who uh, eventually was discovered to be named Perkin Warbeck. And he went to Ireland. He went all over, but he went to Ireland. And that's where his story really gained traction. And he Mm -hmm. got a bunch of support and he got an army together. And he came back to England to take the throne back. That didn't go so well. His uh, (laughs) army was routed. He -hmm. was captured. Mm -hmm. Uh, He recanted his story. Yep. And then they executed him. Yeah. Yeah, so that seems like... Ireland at that time would have been a really easy place to be like, hey, I have some kind of vague claim against some kind of English thing. He had a lot of people convinced Mm -hmm. he had royalty offering their daughters to him for marriage. I mean, this guy was evidently a pretty good con man. Either that, he was the real deal. Or he He was the real deal. Yeah, he could have been. But... The only other theory about what could have happened to if one of them escaped is that they escaped and they lived out their life unknown in the country. That seems unlikely, doesn't it? It does. It does a little bit, but actually, you know, when you think about it, uh, yeah, you you would think that they would have come out of the closet sooner or later. I mean, mean, essentially, after the reconciliation between the two sides of the family, I could see why they would stay hidden until then. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but what's, what's interesting to me is the pretenders, the two pretenders, pretended to be Richard and not Edward V. Yes. Because it could just as easily have been Edward who escaped the tower. Mm-hmm. And so why people would pretend to be 
Richard instead of Edward is kind of beyond me. It seems I, less dangerous. Uh, well, no, I actually think it's because he was the younger, and so he therefore is harder to ID in his paintings because he's still a boy. He's still a very young boy. Mm-hmm. His facial features, you know, I mean, you look at somebody... He looks like a baby. Yeah, you take a picture of somebody at nine, and you take a picture of him at 20, and they they look similar, Mm -hmm. but you couldn't say that it was this guy or maybe the guy sitting next to him in a restaurant was actually who that nine-year-old was. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's because he was so young that it was easier and not as recognized. People didn't see him as much. Well, uh, yeah, and also, like, if you say, hey, I'm Richard, I'm not the oldest son, I do believe that you may have a better claim than me. Mm-hmm. That's much safer than saying I'm Edward yeah. and that's my throne. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Very possible. But that, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, is where the story ends. Huh. Those are the theories except, that we've got. Except for the part where we solved the mystery. Oh, oh, okay. It's Joe's mystery solving. It is. <laughs> All right. So let's yeah. let's get out your magical mystery book and tell me, Joe, who, what, which one of these theories do you, do you back? Which uh, one do you think it is? Actually, none of them. Really? Let's get back to the early part of the story, the Ravens. Yes. How big they are. Oh. They could easily have carried away a couple of small kids. Right. Yeah. Except the ravens are always in cages. Oh, are they? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, well. Yep. Nice did, try, though. They didn't escape? No. Oh, no. hell. No. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Any other ones? Oh. Uh, Devin, no. what do you got? Uh, which, which one do you... Do you... I, I like Henry's mom. Yeah? For it, because I think... Henry the Seventh. Yeah. I don't know why I have this particular fondness in my heart. For women of that era doing particularly treacherous things to further their son's goals in mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. But I do. That's like one of my favorite things. Because there's a, there's a good documented history of this kind of thing happening where women would have a son and they would think, this guy, he's got a legitimate claim to the throne. I'm going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. Okay. So I like her. I like her yeah. killing the boys or them being sick and dying and Richard being like, well, maybe we should just sweep this under the rock. Yeah, and sympathy, yeah, and sympathy <laughs> to Richard, you know, probably at that point in time, you know, you got a, you got a 12-year-old kid who's now the king and you're in this time of turmoil and maybe the kid's sick too. Maybe time for me to pull a few strings and do some manipulative stuff and, and take over the throne. And like you say, maybe she did have the kids murdered not only as a part of the scheme to bring Henry back, but also to discredit Richard. She's got yeah. kind of a twofer there. Yeah. That, I, that's I, a good reason to like that one. I personally, I think the one that I, I back, which still has its holes, but I think that James Tyrrell might possibly have been telling the truth because mm. he was known to be a pretty, sh- you know, he really followed every order he got from uh-huh. the king at the yeah. time. Uh-huh. What's so, makes Richard the murderer, essentially? Well, ultimately. but we don't know. See, the, and this is something that I came across in some of my reading is that it might have been that Richard could have simply said, I wish I didn't have to deal with those brats anymore. I wish they just weren't, they, they just weren't in the way. Yeah, and Terrell he could have, he could have said, yeah. oh, that was an secret mm-hmm. wink wink order yeah. to take care of things. Or or he was just like, I like to do anything to make my master happy. Yes. Mm-hmm. This will make my A master lapdog, happy. Yes. Or yeah. perhaps he just really enjoyed murdering children. Also possible. Also yeah, quite possible. Know. Yeah. So yeah, this is uh my 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 thing with this is again, history is written by the winners. Yeah. And that's what makes this one difficult. There may have been a lot of details that were known at the time mm-hmm. that didn't get recorded or got recorded and destroyed. Mm-hmm. So it's hard yeah. to say. No, I'm, I'm sure if, uh, you know, if they, all kinds of people wandering around the tower, and there must have been all kinds of people who saw the kids 
and had some inkling of what had happened to them. And a lot of people could have said, you know, well, it was about this time that the kids just sort of disappeared. And all those little details, like you say, are just lost. Yeah. yeah. They're, yeah. Unless somebody uncovers a manuscript one of these days, it'll probably be some workmen. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. In a box they'll under a set of stairs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I, uh, I, well, I got to say, too, that those, those, those bones of those kids, they may or may not be the two princes. But there's a lot of... There's a lot of other stairways in the Tower of London, and mm-hmm. there's probably all kinds of bones hidden in that place. So. There are bones start, all over the ground. Better start excavating. Yeah, the whole so. thing. They've, they've done that and accidentally found lots and lots yeah. of bones and yeah. lots and lots of places. Yeah, yeah it may uh, well so be that they have not yet uncovered the two princes if yeah. they're still in the tower. And the tower, the grounds of the Tower of London are chucked full of corpses because right outside the Tower of London is where they used to hang and behead everybody. Yep. Yeah, and then they'd bring them inside and bury them, and they. There's so many stories about corpses being found everywhere in that place. Yeah, I, uh, I gotta say, I don't want to be there during the zombie apocalypse. Nope, nope, bad not news. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of today's story. Now, as always, the the research links for this particular story will be up on the website. That website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. If you have any thoughts or comments, you can go ahead and do that right on the website. Or if you want, you can also go ahead and send us an email. Our email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, and we actually have some listener mail. Sweet! Yeah. Listener mail. I know. I, we do actually get um, a good amount of listener mail, mm-hmm. but uh, sometimes we get suggestions or you know things stick out at us and we just want to read them. So. I really love going out to our email box. It's almost like, you know, when you were a kid and you'd run out to the, the, the mailbox at your house. It totally Every is. day I'm like, click on it. Yay! Oh, yeah, and Well, actually, you, know, you don't do it. The intern does that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and our comments on our website go there too, so oh, we yeah. get to check all that stuff out. But this one is from a guy named Tom Williams, and he's from London, which is super awesome. And he says, Hello, Sideways Thinkers. I've been listening to your podcast for a long time with one of my favorite episodes being the bloop signal ha yeah that's why you wanted to read this one Ah, the bloop on the subject of signals have you guys ever thought about the infamous wow signal sent back from outer space in 1977 and we have actually Mm -hmm. we were just talking about this i've been uh we the listener suggestions we get are always the like really big ones yes you know they're always the really giant mysteries that you want to invest a lot of time in so i have been investing some time in this one and we will be recording one soon you know i, I gotta admit it's, it's funny is when we look when we're looking for stuff i i'm so aware of the wow mm-hmm. that, i stumbled across it so many times that it, yeah. it didn't even come up on radars is when i'm i'm doing searches or whatever to try to find mm-hmm. topics i know that one and that one is so cool that i just automatically go oh the wow signal keep going <laughs> because i it, and not to say that i don't want to do it i just yeah. it's just so embedded in my brain and for yeah. me the wow signal and you know a couple other ones have been kind of on my radar for a long time even since the beginning of us talking about doing the show but i just have always thought there's so much research there's so much stuff out there on this oh yeah it's a big one should to do it is is just going to be a huge undertaking yeah it's also the other thing about the wow signal is uh, not not to say that we're not going to do it because of course we will we'll (laughs) tackle this and we'll solve this damn mystery but uh (laughs) it's one of those things that you see so often and i I try to find the more obscure little mysteries you do like those i like the weird little mysteries yeah you like the big ones Yeah. yeah Yeah, there you go. But, Sweet. But yeah, yeah good, good suggestion. Wow, is all I can say. Ha, ha, ha. 
You can listen to the episode right on the website as well, or most likely you're downloading it from iTunes, which is where most people get it. Yeah. If you're on iTunes, go ahead and take the time to subscribe and leave us a rating. Those kind of things are really great to know, and they let other people find out about us. If you forget to download a show and you're running around and you realize there's going to be a new one out, you can always listen to us on Stitcher from your mobile phone. You can just stream it right there. Easy as that. And uh, last but certainly not least, go ahead and uh, find us on Facebook. I know we've got a bunch of people have been tracking us down on Facebook lately, and we're getting a ton of activity lately, yeah, which is are. awesome. We're going to have yeah. some really good conversations with folks about some really cool things. Yeah. So definitely, uh, definitely go ahead and find us on that. And uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and sign this one off. We uh, appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next week. So long, everybody. Bye-bye. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.